Major League Baseball ratings are up 42%. Many people are giving credit for the increase to recent rule changes that have reduced the length of the game. The pitch clock, tighter balk criteria, bigger bases. But scientists at Dartmouth have identified another potential culprit for the viewership spike. You guessed it, global warming. According to the Dartmouth scientists, global warming has led to an increase in home runs hit across the league. The scientists have determined somehow that more than 500 home runs over the past decade have been due to global warming. Not due to all of the steroids they're injecting that make their heads three times their normal size. No, no, no. It is the sun monster that is causing the home runs. Now, I am actually not making fun of the study. It is a clever study. It's absurd, but it's clever. The sort of silly exercise that academics sometimes undertake to demonstrate their methodological prowess and and skill by proving ridiculous points. But in this case, while the study might not prove very much about baseball, it proves a lot about global warming. Namely, that global warming is a catch-all science of the gaps explanation exploited by the liberals to explain any and every anomaly, and more importantly, to explain the urgency of giving the liberal elite more money and power. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. Speaking of athletic prowess, there is a clip going viral of a transgender fella who is dancing ballet. He was accepted to the Royal Academy of Dance. We will get to it. It's a very important story. It actually is, because not only does it show some of the absurdity of transgenderism, it it shows the essence of liberalism. So we we will get to it. First, though, back to power. I want to get to power because there's a lot of chatter in Washington, D.C. right now about whether or not some of the older members of the Senate are going to move along. Senator Dianne Feinstein, one of the Democrats who is of a certain age, she has not been in Washington in a while. She's been recuperating from an illness. There's question about whether she'll ever get back to the Senate because she is rather aged. And then Mitch McConnell as well. Mitch McConnell suffered some kind of an incident that has kept him out of Washington. There's been some talk about Republicans preparing for Mitch McConnell's replacement. And the McConnell office wants to tamp that down. They say, quote, I am looking forward to returning to the Senate on Monday. We've got important business to tackle and big fights to win for Kentuckians and the American people. So this after he tripped and fell during a dinner. He says, I'm not going anywhere, folks. And I have to tell you, that's fine by me. I am not a Mitch McConnell hater. I know he's not the most conservative guy in the world. I know he's had all sorts of fights with conservatives in the Senate. But you've got to respect the man for his ability to wield power. And sometimes we wish that he would wield power for more of the causes that we care about. But this guy understands the levers of power in the Senate like nobody else. And I think conservatives all have to be very grateful to McConnell because he held up Scalia's seat in the Supreme Court and gave us a conservative judge after Trump was elected and got Roe v. Wade overturned. So I'm not a big McConnell hater. I respect the ability that he has to wield that kind of power. And he shows a, a fact of especially the Washington, D.C. politicians, which is they, they will cling to power until their dying breath. Joe Biden is not going anywhere. Joe Biden 
is not even a boomer. Joe Biden is from the generation before the boomers, which is incredible to think that we went from Bill Clinton, first boomer president, to George W. Bush, first boomer president, to Barack Obama. Is he boomer or is he Gen X? I think he's a boomer. See, well, he's younger than the two other guys. And then, then we went to Trump, boomer president. And then we went to Biden, who is older than all of the previous ones. This generation of politicians does not want to give up power. The only thing that is going to take them away from power is old father time and the grim reaper coming and pulling them out of office, which means that we are on the cusp of a sea change, but it's not happening gradually. It's not just the the older generation preparing the way and opening the doors for the younger people. This is going to happen rather suddenly. So one of the younger guys who is trying to grab hold of some of that power is, of course, Ron DeSantis. And in service of the presidential campaign that he hasn't declared yet, Governor DeSantis has just signed the Heartbeat Protection Act into law late Thursday night, prohibits abortions in the state once an unborn child has a detectable heartbeat. The squishes are furious about this. The libs are mocking DeSantis. They're saying he's he's adopting unpopular positions that'll harm him in the general election if he becomes the nominee. One, good on Governor DeSantis for signing this bill. Good. Let we just we need to take every victory we possibly can for the cause of life. The right to life is not just one right among many, it is the, the fundamental right from which all the other rights derive. And we kill some 800,000 babies a year in this country. It is worse than any genocide that, that we've ever seen, other than China, I guess, kills more people, kills more babies through abortion. It, it would make the Aztecs blush. It would make those ancient Middle Eastern tribes who sacrificed their children to Moloch, it would make them blush the number of babies that were killing. So in itself, this is the right thing for DeSantis to do. But I think it's also a good political move, not just for the primary, but for the general election. This is where the squishes totally lose me because they read a bunch of stupid public opinion polls and they, they realize that opinion is split on abortion and they fear that anyone having any courage of their convictions is going to harm them in the general election. I don't think that's true. People are persuadable by logic. People are persuadable by conviction. It's actually the squishes who aren't very persuasive because they don't make any compelling argument for anything. But on this issue, don't forget the two issues where conservatives have won over the last 50 years, it's guns and abortion. Coincidentally, those are the only issues where conservatives have spoken with clarity. So good on DeSantis, good on DeSantis for uh, doing the right thing, but also good on DeSantis for doing the thing that will help his campaign in the primary and it might even help his campaign should he make it to the general election. All right, we got we got to encourage each other. We've got, the, the conservatives are under such pressure. We've got to con, con, encourage each other. One great way to encourage your friends is to just pick up the phone and give them a call. You want to pick up the phone? You got to check out Pure Talk. Right now, go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Knowles. We all know about the big wireless companies out there. They lock you into these horrendous contracts, and if you try to get out of them early, they tack on outrageous charges. That is why I love Pure Talk Wireless, where there are no hidden fees, no contracts, no hassle. Pure Talk has a range of affordable plans to choose from. It takes like two seconds to set it up. I absolutely love my Pure Talk service. They have won me over. You can find the perfect option for your needs, like unlimited talk, text, plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. Their 5G service is fast, consistent, does not drop my calls. You get the same coverage you're used to. I mean the same coverage at half the rate you're currently paying. Saves the average family over $900 per year. It's a lot of money. Not only will you save money, you will also get the satisfaction of knowing you're supporting a great American company. The CEO and chairman of Pure Talk is a U.S. military veteran. 
When you become a Pure Talk customer, you're given the option to support America's Warrior Partnership, which is an organization that works to prevent veteran suicide. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Knowles, save 50% off your first month, 50%. puretalk.com, promo code Knowles. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Now, speaking of things that pertain to sex, how's that for a transition? There's this guy, Chris, on, on Mr. Beast's YouTube channel. Mr. Beast, biggest YouTube channel. And this guy, Chris, is married with a, a kid. And Chris has just decided that he's a woman now, which I imagine was not a pleasant thing for his wife to hear, a very cruel thing to do to his son. Puts Mr. Beast in a terrible position because Mr. Beast tries to remain apolitical, but now his sidekick is is taking on the most controversial issue in all of politics right now. And what is Mr. Beast going to do? As of now, Mr. Beast is defending his friend and employee, and he's attacking the transphobes. That is not, probably not a good winning path in the long run, because there are a lot of transphobes. If by transphobes, we mean people who just rationally understand that men and women are different and men can't become women. If you start attacking the transphobes, I don't think that's going to be great for your hundred plus million view videos. But back to Chris. I mentioned on the show, I, I don't really care about this guy Chris's opinions on transgenderism or sex or the composite of body and soul or anything like that. I don't even really care that much about Mr. Beast's opinions on YouTube. But I asked the question, how does a guy wake up at the age of 26 with a wife and a child and decide that he's a woman? And I suggested that the aspect of this whole transgender phenomenon that people are not really talking about is porn, that porn is driving a lot of this. And I, I even had that thought because I was speaking to a reporter who had done a little bit of a deep dive onto all the kind of weird porn. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying this reporter was sort of prowling late at night on the secret uh, browser tab or anything like that. But uh, she had gone, gone down this rabbit hole of a specific type of porn that men who have rapid onset gender confusion attribute their confusion to this. I started watching this porn, which is kind of a hypnosis. And then what do you know? I can't get it out of my head and it's melted my brain. And now I think that I'm a woman. So Ali Stuckey, our great friend, Ali Stuckey, dug up an old tweet from this guy, Chris, on the Mr. Beast show. And she said, in a tweet that he just deleted, Chris from Mr. Beast, who recently announced he's transitioning to a woman, says he likes Loli, which is L-O-L-I, which is a form of anime porn in which the female characters are depicted as children or even babies. Man, many, many such cases among trans men. I don't know what this guy, Chris, meant by that comment, where he, he made this whole comment about how much he lusted after this genre of pornography. I'm not saying it means that he's a pedo. I, I'm not saying it wasn't even just a joke on Twitter. But what is undeniable from this is that this guy, Chris, knows a lot about porn. <laughs> if you're familiar enough with porn to make a joke about this obscure sub-sub-genre of pornography, then you know a lot about porn, which would seem to back up my thesis, which I, I said on the show is just a hunch. I'm not, I don't know this guy, Chris. There's, I haven't read any scientific study with a lab coat, but I strongly suspect that if you start to have really bizarre sexual ideas and desires, it might have something to do with the ubiquity of bizarre, extremely high-tech pornography 
that is warping people's minds and that they write, people write into this show even sometimes. They'll say, I got hooked on porn at age 10 and it's been a struggle for my whole life. Maybe that's something that politicians should do something about. Speaking of the justice system, speaking of transgender identifying people, there is a dude who thinks that he's a chick who attacked a Catholic church. He was finally arrested for this. This guy destroyed religious property. Uh, This is a crime that holds a maximum prison sentence of one year, uh, up to a $100,000 fine, up to five years probation, supervised release following prison. So this this is pretty serious. And the Biden DOJ just recommended no jail time. Of course it did. The Biden DOJ, Biden FBI, which sends agents in to spy on Catholics who go to mass on Sunday, the Biden DOJ and FBI, which then tried to deny that they were spying on churches and and viewed Catholics as potential domestic terrorists, we then found out this was a real program. It wasn't just a one-off memo that that, that nobody knew about. This was a program by the FBI. There were there were agents assigned to cultivate sources, to try to flip priests, to violate the inviolable seal of the confessional potentially, and to, to rat to the federal government on, on their flock. And then a, a member of the protected religion, the protected cult of transgenderism, goes and attacks a, the persecuted religion, Christianity, and specifically Catholicism, and he gets off scot-free. This is how it works. This is how the, the I, I don't need to tell you that. You're well aware of that. But the, the liberal regime, the elites in power with the bow ties, not they don't wear bow ties, with the long neckties and the very fancy jackets, and they've got the really fancy offices in Washington, D.C., they're not going to go out and commit street crime. But street crime is important for them to maintain their political dominance. And so what they do is they just encourage all sorts of miscreants to commit, commit the street crime for them, and then they let them off the hook. And then they bail them out of jail. And then when BLM is marauding all over the country for eight months, Kamala Harris raises money to bail the the criminal BLM activists out of prison. Joe Biden staffers raise money to bail BLM out of prison. So what does that do? That creates an incentive for more of the street crime, which intimidates conservatives and Christians and normal people who are now going to think twice before speaking out because they don't want their church destroyed They don't want their pro-life pregnancy center destroyed. They don't want their homes destroyed. They don't want to be attacked in public by people who will have impunity to do it. Speaking of corruption in the administration, the Pentagon Inspector General has found that corruption in Ukraine funding and arming is very, very high risk. The Defense Department recognizes Ukraine's history of corruption and considers the possibility of aid being deflected before it reaches its intended target to be a high risk. Another official at the Pentagon is concerned about weapon systems that we're sending over there and the theft of those weapon systems. They say, this is according to uh, an official being reported by Defense One, DOD procedures, the most advanced systems in the world, there are many entities to include foreign nations as well as criminal groups that want to get their hands on weapons technology, etc., which raises the question that I've been asking since day one on all of this Ukraine stuff. Namely, what are we funding? What's the goal here? Because 
from my position, it feels like our sclerotic leaders are sleepwalking us into World War III. What's the end goal here? We could have prevented the war easily. Joe Biden, Donald Trump did prevent the war. Donald Trump is the president on whose watch, uniquely among recent presidents, Vladimir Putin did not further invade any foreign nations. But Biden comes into power. He could have prevented the invasion, probably. He could have done that by maintaining sanctions on Russia, even according to the Ukraine president, Vladimir Zelensky. Biden lifting those sanctions impelled Russia to invade. Then what happened? Then Biden said, if it's just a minor incursion, we won't do anything about it. That's fine. Further encourages Russia to invade. Then the United States funds the war, says we're going to fund the war into perpetuity. So now the war continues to escalate. You've got now explicit threats of nuclear war. Russia is saying it's not even a cold war anymore. Russia is saying we are directly in a hot conflict with the United States. And then you look over there at China and you see China beginning to aggress on Taiwan in the South China Sea. It just feels like we're slow walking into World War III. So what are we doing here? We're funding Ukraine to the tune of billions and billions of dollars, over $100 billion. What do we want? Do we want Ukraine in NATO? I don't. Is that the plan? Do we want Ukraine in the European Union? That doesn't seem like a great idea either, but okay, let's, tell, let's figure out what, what the plan is. Do we, want, do we want to invade Russia? Do we want war with Russia? Do we, what's happening here? Do we want a buffer state in Ukraine, which I think would have been smarter? What are we funding? It seems like we're just funding more and more corruption with no end in sight. Speaking of arms, the head coach of the San Antonio Spurs has a lot to say about your arms. Uh, this, this was a comment he made on Sunday. I'm glad we can finally get to it here at the end. It's been a very, very busy week, but I'm glad we can get to it because it's an, it's an important comment that this guy very ignorantly made. Greg Popovich suggested that Second Amendment freedoms are a myth. On the way... It goes through my mind that I hope they're going to be okay. And most of you in this room, when we were in school, we worried if Nancy would dance with us on Friday after the football game or something. That was, that was our anxiety. But they're going to cloak all this stuff, you know, the, second, the myth of the Second Amendment, the freedom. You know, it's just it's a myth. It's a joke. It's, it's just a game they play. I mean, that's freedom. Is it freedom for kids to go to school and try to socialize and try to learn and be scared to death that they might die that day? But Ted Cruz will fix him because he's going to double the number of cops in the schools. That's what he wants to do. Well, that'll create a great environment. Is that freedom? Or is it freedom to have a congressman who can make a postcard with all his family holding rifles, including an AR-15 or whatever? Is that cool? So this coach is just obviously a complete NPC. This guy hasn't given two seconds thought to the Second Amendment, to firearms, to the natural right to self-protection. He is just reciting all the silly platitudes that you hear from the libs. And it's not his fault. He probably doesn't think about politics very much. So if he's got CNN on in the background, that's just what goes into his head and that's what comes out of his mouth. And there's a very little conscious thought going on in between those two things. But he makes one good point here, which is, he says, Second Amendment freedoms, that's a myth. It is a myth. That's true. It happens to be a, a true myth. It happens to be a myth 
that tells a story that speaks to a real truth, which is your right to self-protection. But we tell it in the form of stories, and it's embedded within our history, and we see it in our legal documents. And unfortunately, what, what the liberals have done in our modern era is they have demystified the world. We're so damn disenchanted. We just look around the world. It's like Hamlet. He looks out, he says, I've, I've lost all my mirth. What a piece of work is a man. Uh, you know, what, what, look at this sterile promontory, this, this brave or hanging firmament fretted with go, golden fire. It just, it seems to me no other thing than a sterile promontory. Then the man is this quintessence of dust. It, what, what Shakespeare was seeing occur in our culture is what has totally come to fruition now, which is we just live in this disenchanted world. We need more myth in the world. We need more narrative. We need to recognize that we're not just bags of chemicals, but we are characters in a story. And just because something is a myth doesn't mean it isn't true. Now, speaking of good stories, you got to check out Nefarious. You know I'm a tough critic. It's pretty obvious when I don't like something. Well, there's a new movie opening today, April 14th, called Nefarious, that looks and sounds like another completely forgettable horror film. Let me tell you why this is different. It's not a horror film. It's a realistic psychological thriller that becomes a supernatural thriller. It's about a serial killer about to be executed who claims he's a demon. A psychiatrist is called in to see if the man's gone crazy or is faking insanity just to get off. The, the psychiatrist is your standard Ivy League guy, doesn't believe in demons, God, any such nonsense, but he doesn't quite realize what he's up against. The film is surprising and thought-provoking, something you definitely need to see. Head on over to see Nefarious, opens nationwide starting today, April 14th. Go to whoisnefarious.com and buy your tickets today. That is whoisnefarious.com for tickets. My favorite comment of the day is from the drummer's workshop at Norm's Music. Man, that guy just has so many favorite comments of the day. Who says, Bud Light's stock dropped lower than Leah Thomas's voice. Come on, folks! My favorite comment, my, my favorite aspect of that comment is the come on, folks. Because it just turns it into a Rodney Dangerfield routine. Yeah, 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 yeah. What the hell my, my, uh, Budweiser stock dropped lower than Leah Thomas's voice. Come on, come on, folks. Hey, my wife, my doctor, Dr. Vinnie Boombats. Okay, speaking of performances, this is an old clip, but it's, it's making the rounds now. The clip goes back to 2017, 2016, something like that. It's making the rounds now because of the transgender madness that has been going around to the culture. It is of a, man, an older man. He's not, not a 16-year-old ballet dancer. He's an older guy who always wanted to be a ballerina, but he can't be a ballerina. He could be a male ballet dancer, but he can't be a ballerina because he's a guy. And he decides, well, he's going to pursue his dream anyway. And he's accepted to the Royal Academy of Dance, this very prestigious school in the United Kingdom. So someone cut two videos together. One of this man who identifies as transgender dancing ballet and one of an actual young ballerina. Let's just take a look. So they're, they're dancing the same ballet. And <laughs> if you're only listening to this right now as a podcaster on the radio, I I cannot do it justice. The 
the man who was who was accepted to the Royal Academy of Dance is is not dancing any better than I would right now if I were imitating how he is dancing. And the young woman is a ballerina, and ballet is really beautiful. I, I like ballet a lot, and the difference between good ballet and bad ballet is instantly apparent. Ballet is a, is a very difficult type of performance, and it requires a very specific body type and very specific training and very specific grace that women have more than men do. Now, obviously, there are men who dance ballet, and they dance the male roles in ballet. And that, too, requires a very specific type of training and a very specific type of body. And then you've got this guy who obviously should not have been accepted to this school. I'm not just trying to make fun of him here. He's not even a male ballet dancer. That, I guess that's the craziest part to me about the whole video. That's the craziest part about him being accepted. He's not even a male ballet dancer. He's just a deluded guy who no one has had the compassion to tell him is living out of fantasy. That, and, and so then people make fun of him. And that's very sad. Had someone in this guy's life gone up to him and said, hey, you're not a woman, you're not a woman, you're not a ballet dancer, you're not a dancer of any kind. There is such a defect in your perception that not only are you seeing the wrong sex when you look in the mirror, you're not even seeing that when you try to plie or you do a, you know, whatever any of the other ballet dance moves are, it looks like a caricature of someone making fun of someone who's telling a joke about someone who is doing ballet. That's, that's the... What's so striking about it is that this is not just a problem for transgenderism. This is not just a problem for the radical left agenda. This is, this is a problem with all of liberalism, which is that all of liberalism, because it embraces a radical individualism, it erodes standards. Liberalism begins with the idea that we are fundamentally individuals. Traditional political thought begins with the idea that we are fundamentally the political animal. We're social creatures, we're coupling beings, we live in society, and much of our identity comes from our role in society, and we have obligations to society and to nature and to uh, nature's God, right? Liberalism says, no, you're an individual, you can do whatever you want, you can be whatever you want. But then, then that erodes standards. If we're told everybody can go to college, and everybody should go to college. And everybody has the same natural capacity to do everything that everybody else does. What's the consequence of that? We've all seen it at colleges. We've all seen it at schools at the lower level from college. Standards erode. It's not that it brings everybody up. It just, it just brings the people who are excelling down. This is the story by Kurt Vonnegut of Harrison Bergeron, that as individualism and egalitarianism and liberalism pervade society, you're going to see a leveling of society, a leveling down where people who are excellent are not allowed to excel. The ballet that this guy is elected to, elected to, that this guy is accepted into, is going to be much worse. And because ballet is not an individualist endeavor, the talented dancers who are supposed to dance alongside him, they are going to be worse. The whole production is going to be worse because of it. And that lesson applies way beyond transgenderism. That lesson applies to all of the delusions that liberalism foists upon us. 
And the lesson applies to all of society. Do we want to be a society in which people cannot excel, in which we just level down and to protect the delusions and the narcissism of all the people, we pretend that reality is other than it is? Or are we going to be a society that is grounded in reality that says, hey, hey, Hank, maybe ballet is not for you. Maybe you ought to try welding or plumbing or something like, but you could be very good at that. But you, you, whatever else you are, you are not, you're not good at being a woman and you're not good at dancing ballet. Speaking of protecting society, some good news out of my own state of Tennessee. The Tennessee House yesterday approved new measures aimed at heightening school safety at both, or I'm sorry, this actually was last week. Uh, uh, new measures at heightening school safety at both public and private schools. This was a way to, after the terrible shooting in, in Nashville, to arm the schools, make sure that if someone tries to shoot up the school, there will be plenty of good guys with guns to stop that shooting before it it can really even begin. And what do you know, the three people who led the riot at the Capitol, those three lawmakers who had a, a vote taken to remove them from office, one of them survived by one vote, but the other two were removed from office. Those three did not vote for this bill. Why? Because it's never been about protecting kids. The Democrats, who go on and on and on about how Republicans are allowing kids to die because we don't want to repeal the Second Amendment, they have not proposed any laws that would have stopped any of these major school shootings in recent years. They've never done that, obviously. They uh, have encouraged children to engage in behaviors that are extraordinarily risky, that encourage risk of death. Just even the idea of encouraging transgenderism, which now has exploded among young people. One in five Zoomers identify as LGBT. Even specifically on the T, though, rates of transgender identity have exploded by 50%, 100%, or even more in recent years among specifically young people. And transgenderism is associated with higher rates of anxiety and depression and suicide. So if you wanted to protect young people, you'd probably want to keep a lid on that delusion of transgenderism. The libs are doing exactly the opposite. They're trying to trans people as young as five, as young as elementary school, and frankly, even younger. It was never about this. The libs are always trying to pass their assault weapons ban, even though the quote-unquote assault weapons are used in a tiny fraction of murders each year. It, it was, it was, it's always about the libs pushing the same old narrative. And even, even when an incident like a school shooting has no connection to the law they're trying to pass, they'll go after it. It gets back to what we were talking about at the top of the show. Major League Baseball now has more home runs because of, uh, what? I don't know, global warming. The libs are relentless. They never give up. And, and this should be a lesson for conservatives who think that the, the only way that we can ever win in the culture is to concede and find some conciliatory middle ground because, listen, certain issues, we've just lost, okay? We lost the debate. We don't want to turn off independent, moderate voters, and so let's just squish on everything and give it up and just move on and try to, I don't know, maintain some tax cuts or something. That's never going to work. And the people who do wield the power in society, the liberals, they never do that. They never give up. Anything that happens, they're pushing the same policies that they've been pushing for 100 years. And they're so relentless about it that very often they get what they want. This was the topic of my speech last night at UW-Superior. I'm up here in beautiful Wisconsin. The speech is on the YAF YouTube channel, so you can go check it out in its entirety. I'll try to get a full copy of the speech in text up on Daily Wire at some point 
today. But you know, I got to keep my blood up. Okay, I got to I got to st- keep my nutrition up, and I've got to get a lot of iron going through my my blood. And when I want good, nutritious, delicious food, where do I turn? I turn to Good Ranchers. Right now, go to GoodRanchers.com. Use promo code Knowles. If you have not changed the way that you buy meat yet, you need to. Let me give you three reasons that I personally subscribe to Good Ranchers. First off, they are giving you free bacon for a year. <laughs> When I first heard that, I just didn't believe it. They're, they're, you're just getting free bacon. It's a $240 value. That is a pound and a half of bacon in every box. Second, Good Ranchers offers a price lock guarantee, meaning that when you subscribe, your price doesn't change for the length of your subscription. What a great way to beat inflation. It's an unbelievable deal, especially now with record high inflation. Lastly, the product is unlike any other. They're all natural burgers, USDA prime steaks, better than organic chicken, have changed my standard for great meat. It will change yours too. Use my code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, for an extra $20 off your order. I did not know that meat that you ordered that came in the mail regularly could be this high quality. It's just amazing. I, I have good ranchers for, if not most of my meals at this point, at least a, a plurality of them. <laughs> I, I eat this stuff I, all the time. I just love it, the quality, and I am such a stickler about my meat quality. It is the best in the business. GoodRanchers.com. Use promo code Knowles for 20 bucks off your box. Free bacon, great meat, secure price, bonus 20 bucks off today. Promo code Knowles at GoodRanchers.com. GoodRanchers.com, American meat delivered. It's hard to believe it's been less than a year since Matt Walsh released his groundbreaking documentary, What is a Woman? Even harder to believe how much has transpired since then. What is a Woman? Help to spark a national debate about what our children are being taught, where this country is headed. If you have not had a chance to see what is a woman, I have some good news. You can now get 30% off your Daily Wire Plus membership when you use code WOMAN. If you've not seen the film or know someone who hasn't, tell them to watch it. It's time that more people came back to the side of truth and reality. To watch what is a woman, join now at dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use the code WOMAN to save 30% off your membership. Finally, finally, we have arrived at my favorite time of the week when I get to hear from you in the mailbag. The mailbag is sponsored by PureTalk at puretalk.knowles, puretalk.com, select a plan, and then enter code Knowles to get 50% off your first month. Let's take it away with the voice mailbag. Hey, Michael. The last few years, conservatives have rightfully been pushing back against self-proclaimed experts like Dr. Fauci because it affects the way we live our lives. But we have also overcorrected, in my opinion, when we say things like science is fake. And now there's a general feeling that I get to have an equally valid opinion as someone who knows way more than me just because I can think. I don't agree with this. If there was a debate between you and some random teenager that doesn't really follow politics, I don't think anyone should be expected to pay a cent to go see that debate for obvious reasons. And when the Daily Wire hosts talk about movies, for example, um, no offense, but the only person's uh, opinion who I care about is Andrew Clavin. So what is your response to that? Do you feel the same way about expertise than I do? And what do you really mean when you say things like science is fake? I appreciate your response. Thanks. When I say science is fake, I'm not saying that the experts are idiots. The experts often are idiots, or the experts often are ignorant, or the experts often are corrupt. That's true. That's what we saw during COVID. But that's not what I mean when I say science is fake. When I say science is fake, I mean that the premise of science 
and a society that grounds itself on science and purely empirical study. The premise is that reality fundamentally is physical and empirical and observable under a microscope. And that isn't true. The reality fundamentally is metaphysical. At the very least, we have to acknowledge that physical and metaphysical reality exist. And the scientists following the empirical scientific method don't have very much to say about metaphysical reality. And metaphysical reality comprises all the things that we hold most dear, our loves, our joys, our dreams, our souls, (laughs) our (laughs) virtue, vice, all all the things that really matter and that we struggle with and we're pursuing. And in the case of vice, we're trying to refrain from. That's metaphysical. And so the the scientists can't be the top dog experts in society. But I, I do turn to other experts. When I want to know about a great many questions, I turn to a long dead expert who is living in heaven because he's a saint. That would be Thomas Aquinas. So I'm happy to take that expertise. I take the expertise of priests. I take the expertise of butchers when I want to go buy meat. I take the expertise of my tailor when I want to get my pants hemmed. I I take all sorts of expertise. And and I, I have no problem with that. And I have no problem with hierarchy. And I have no problem with the natural emergence of an elite, which have happened in every single society. What I have a problem with is when people overstep their bounds, when they make basic epistemological errors, and when they pretend that they are the vicar of truth. <laughs> when, when Dr. Fauci says, I am the representative of science, and science is the finest, greatest authority on all the earth. Bow down to me, you peasants. I am your emperor. That I have a big problem with that because it, it's, it, it demonstrates that even if Dr. Fauci did know something about epidemiology, which I'm fairly skeptical of, actually, uh, he, he doesn't understand e- even the, the, the basic aspects of more fundamental questions. Epistemology, ontology, anthropology, certainly theology, which... which we don't even recognize in society anymore. One of the most important speeches of the 21st century was a speech by Pope Benedict XVI at the University of Regensburg. And he joked there, he's, at Regensburg has a, a Catholic faculty and a Protestant faculty in the theology department. And he said, it's wonderful to be here at Regensburg where the university has two faculties for something that many people today don't think even exists. <laughs> So, so that, that's my problem with the experts. We just need experts who understand even the very basis of expertise. Next question. Hey, Michael, my name's Nick. Love your show. Was watching earlier this week and the discussion related to the FBI um, going undercover in the Catholic Church, and you had mentioned something about how the uh, the confessions are inviolable. I believe I'm using the correct word there. And Um, I just wanted to know what your thoughts are on how that relates to actual serious crimes that maybe uh, someone who's confessing uh, committed. Um, I think I know the obvious answer here, but I just wanted to, you know, make sure I'm clear on it and get your thoughts. So, you know, in this instance that someone comes forth with a very serious crime, you know, I I certainly think that the, the priest has a moral responsibility to, you know, communicate that to the local authorities. Um, and, you know, likewise, if the local authorities believe that person has committed a crime and, you know, something was said in confession that um, the priest thinks is 
relevant to that, you know, I think they also have a, a duty to report that there as well. So just want to know what your thoughts are on that and, um, you know, how that, how that you think that that would work out. Thank you. Love your show again and all that you do. No, thanks so much. I'm glad you asked the question because your uh, intuition of my response is not correct. The seal of the confessional is inviolable. Period. End of story. The priest cannot go out and report any sins that you confess in the confessional. It is inviolable. It has to be inviolable. Because when you are in that confessional, you are talking to God, and the priest is acting as priests or want to do, in persona Christi, dispensing the, the grace of God and the forgiveness of God. But you are confessing all the bad things that you do, all of them. If you don't confess all the bad things that you do, and you walk out of the confessional intentionally, you, you will commit a further sin. Not only will you not be forgiven your sins, you will commit a further sin of sacrilege. So you go in there, and you confess all the nastiest, most terrible things that you do. If that seal is not perfectly inviolable, People cannot go, people will not go to confession and you will not cleanse your souls. The confessional for understood by Catholics and by Christians broadly for most of our history is the laundromat. You know, it's, it's how you, it's how you clean your soul and you have to do it regularly. It's, it's an important sacrament that Christ institutes when he says, here, here is the power to forgive sins whose sins you forgive are forgiven, whose sins you retain are retained. Inviolable. Now, does, does that mean that if, if a guy goes in and he says, Hey, I just, murdered a bunch of children and I'm ha ha ha, I'm going to get away with it, that the priest has nothing that he can do. No, the, the priest has the power to forgive and retain. So if the priest suspects that the penitent is not actually penitential, you can say, well, I, I can't forgive you your sins. I can't absolve you of your sins because you're not actually a penitent. Uh, the priest could strongly encourage the penitent to turn himself over to the authorities to explain to the penitent that an, an outward sign of his having changed his ways and his, his remorse at what he's done would be to go to the authorities and turn him in and give information about the crime. So it, the priest has options there. But no, the, the, when you are in that confessional, you are speaking to God about very, very serious things. And what you are engaging in is the cl- cleansing of your soul and, and the, the request from God for forgiveness. No one breaks that. Nobody. Next question. Hi, Michael. RJ here. I was wondering what you thought about mail-order brides, that being the practice of marrying a woman from another country after only meeting her in person once or twice. It's certainly something with a long history, monarchs, arranged marriages, and such, but I wondered what your opinion on these marriages were. Are they a viable option for older or even younger men looking to marry? What would you recommend to someone looking at this option? Thanks. Always love the show. Really interesting question. I'm not opposed to it in principle. It's, it's probably not the ideal way to meet your wife. I, don't, I, I doubt that young people dream about someday I'm going to open up a catalog and find my wife or something like that. But I don't see anything wrong with it in principle. I, I understand why some modern people would have a problem with it in principle because we now have these modern notions that marriage is purely about romantic love and and marriage is purely about uh you know 
happenstance and your own personal individual choice, and there's no formality to it. But as you point out, that, that hasn't been true for most of history. Marriage is the fundamental political institution, and it's sacramental, and it, it is when you leave your father and your mother and you, you come together with this new person, you create a new family with that person. So if there's some formality or something unusual about it, that's fine. The marriage is still a marriage, and I, I suspect it could probably work out pretty well. I would definitely make sure that you're on the same page about what the marriage is and you make sure she doesn't just leave you once she gets her green card. But uh, otherwise, yeah, ma- marriage is a good thing. And it, it, you don't need to be living in a Hugh Grant movie or something like that for the marriage to be good. You don't need to just you know, happen upon them in a coffee shop one day and then that's the only way to have a good marriage. No, marriage is a good in itself. And uh, so as long as you're both engaging in a real marriage, you know, you know what you're signing up for, wonderful. Okay, last voicemail back question. Hey, Michael. So I am very pro-life, which also means that I am not pro-IVF. The idea of putting a child in a freezer is not, not a very good thing in my opinion. Over Easter weekend, I found out that my sister plans to go through with IVF this coming year. And I'm just really torn. Because her doctor plans to implant one at a time and discard the rest after, I think she said, four or five years. And I'm so torn because I absolutely love my sister. I will love any niece or nephew that comes out of this. But I just, I don't know how to approach this. I don't know if my sister knows how I feel about it. And I don't want to bring it up to her and upset her. I'm just kind of in a weird, awkward situation. So I would love any advice. Thank you. Love your show. Thanks so much. Your sister very likely doesn't know. A lot of people don't know. They haven't thought about it. This is a new technology. A lot of people don't spend their days mulling on bioethics. And and so your sister might be sincere and think that she's committing an innocent act, but it it isn't innocent. Not in the way that the uh, materials are collected, not in the way that the embryos are formed, and certainly not in the way they're discarded, also known as killed. Uh, So if she has not gone through with it yet, I think you have an obligation to tell her lovingly, not to castigate her, but just to say, hey, sis, do you know what this really is? Do you know when they use this language of discarded? We're going to reduce the number. We're going to, we're going to create in a, I mean, these are words for con, kill, conceive, <laughs> child. It's not an embryo, it's a child. You know, it's, a, it's offspring. So I think you've got an obligation to tell her that before she does it. If it's already happened, that complicates it a little bit more. And you might, you might broach the subject in, a, in an even softer way but to, to ask, well, what's going to happen to these embryos that have been created? But if you're catching this early enough, you, I think you've got to tell her how you feel, because how you feel happens to be correct. The wait is over, folks. The yes or no pre-order is complete. Games are shipping now. You can order right now at dailywire.com shop. Games are going quickly and supplies will not last. The last time we did this, we sold out instantly. We're actually a little bit worried that we can't make these fast enough, so you got to order now to secure your copy. You know there was a pretty long backlog on these on these games. Uh, plus, we've got some really fun stuff with the games coming out into the future. We'll make an announcement about that a little bit later. 
Now is the time to get your copy, though, I'll say. Uh, this is something you do not want to miss out on. Order Yes or No the Game, only available at dailywire.com shop. Now we're here, and I'm, I have to tell you, I've got producer Colton here with me today. Uh, you can hear producer Colton. He not only is the human corgi, as Ben Shapiro says, but just sounded like a corgi as well by barking when I said his name. <laughs> producer Colton has brought me my iPad, so I get to chat with you in the Membroom Segmentum, which begins now. Head on over to dailywire.com slash Knowles. I will need your help to ascertain which of the headlines are fake, which of them are real. Dailywire.com slash Knowles. Use code Knowles. You'll get two months free on all annual plans.